you know, talk to, to me or to Monica after the service, and we're happy to help you make sure you know uh, how, to, how to be a part of that. Well, God's called us to come and to worship, and as we prepare to do that, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God. worship is from Psalm 16. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply, but the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. Preserve me, O God. set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore.
as God has called us to worship and into his presence this morning, let's take a moment to pray together. Gracious and merciful God, we gather this morning for your glory and for our good. And as we reflect on who you are and what you have done in Christ, we cannot but give you thanks and worship for your great works of creation and recreation in our lives. It is in you, Lord, that we live and move and have our being. And for such things this morning, we worship you and we seek to be found in you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. May you, Lord God, by your word and by your spirit, set our hearts and our minds on Christ and on his gospel as we seek to be found in further communion with you. And Heavenly Father, although we seek your face this morning, we acknowledge that many of us over this past week have felt distant from you at times, or maybe in a season of feeling distant uh, from you. We also recognize our weariness, Lord God, from this past week, and we bring our own struggles and our own sins into worship this morning. Whether we um, might be in a season of wandering or just feeling lost from you, Lord God, whether we be struggling with difficult relationships in our lives or possibly dealing with the, the loss of uh, loved ones in our lives, Lord. We ask that you would preserve us. We ask, oh God, that you would heal us of our wounds, for it is in you alone that we take refuge this morning. And in the midst of our pain and in the midst of our brokenness and in the broken world that we live in, Heavenly Father, we know that sin and death are not the final word. So this morning we look to Christ, our cornerstone, the one who is faithful, the one who is true to us. And Lord Jesus, we trust that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And we worship you, Lord Christ, for entering into our pain and for providing us and healing us with your light and with your life. Lord God, may you continually draw us close to yourself. May you exchange our desires for ones that are after your own heart. And please help all of us to uh, just walk in deeper faith in your word and in your truth. We just give you thanks for your grace this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this time, the children's worship is available to be dismissed and can meet Melinda over here. And there's also a junior high class this morning. So if any junior hires out there can be dismissed as well. We turn now to our time of confession and our time of assurance, and it's in this time, in this moment, that we confess our wandering from God, our rebellion against God, while also resting in the fact that God's grace and Christ will always be greater than all of our sin. We'll do this together, and we'll also have a time of silent personal confession. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Loving Father, 
Forgive us when we deny what we know is true to follow our own desires, when we ignore what is just and merciful to follow ambition that is selfish, when we give in to despair instead of clinging to you. Lord, have mercy on us. Let's take a moment of silent personal confession. Gracious God, while we were still weak and far off from you, Christ died for us and rescued us, granting us mercy in the gospel. As we have received mercy from you in Christ, help us to be a people that show this same mercy unto our neighbors. We give you thanks, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you will all stand with me, we'll read our words of assurance from Psalm 34. Those who look to God are radiant, their faces are never covered with shame. Well, as God has welcomed us and gathered us in Christ, let us take a moment to welcome those around us.
Good morning. Today's New Testament lesson is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Our gospel lesson is from the book of John, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. It's good to be here with you and to look at God's word together. Uh, this morning we're going to look at Psalm 16, and this is the last Sunday of our summer uh, sermon series where you're looking at the Psalms, and then starting next week we'll move into a new series where we're going to look at uh, passages from the first half of the New Testament book of Romans. And so we'll begin that week. Um, but Psalm 16 um, is one in which it's marked that King David wrote this psalm. And we don't know the, the timing or the details, but we do know that David's life was full of many times of uncertainty. We don't know all the details, but we know that there were many enemies in his life that threatened him. Many critics who delighted in times of his struggles. And here in our passage... We're given a prayer of David entrusting his life to the care of his God. Psalm 16 is a prayer of entrusting oneself to God. And as we think about this, what came to my mind, this might sound strange, but I thought of a, of a sledding hill. I know it's Labor Day, it's the end of summer, but if you, if you can stand it, maybe picture in your mind uh, sledding on a, on a winter day. There's a number of good sledding hills nearby here. Actually, one of them is on Devon at Caldwell Woods. My family's gone there many times. Um, but the thing about going down a sledding hill 
is that you have to come back up after you slide down. Got to pick up the sled, walk up the hill. Now there's lots of, you know, maybe there's different ways of doing that. One way would be to just go back up the hill right where you came, kind of hoping that you keep your balance, hoping that you avoid oncoming sleds. Not always easy. But at this place at Caldwell Woods, there is actually a section of the hill that has some concrete steps that have been put in and even a handrail that allows you maybe to more easily get back up the sled again. So why am I asking you on this Labor Day weekend to think of sledding? Well, I want us to picture that this psalm is like those steps or like the handrail. That as we struggle up the hill, often at times in life feeling greatly burdened, the psalm gives us words to help us direct our struggles to God. It's like steps or a handrail to take hold of to direct our hearts. You see, the psalms are a gift from God. They're God's word given to us to help us speak to God. And we see that here. Here is a prayer given to us to help us give ourselves to God. To not be on our own trying to make it up the incline, but have something to grasp. So let's look at Psalm 16 together. I'll read this. It's in your order of worship, or you can follow in your Bible, or just listen as I read. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their lips, name on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Oh, let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, this is God's word, and it's given for our good. And as we try to receive this prayer, and even imagine praying it ourselves, as we think about holding on to something that would help us, I want us to first look at two affirmations of faith that are in the psalm, and then we'll look at a closing promise that the psalm makes. So two affirmations of faith, then a closing promise. And so the first affirmation of faith is preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. The psalm opens with David asking God to watch over his life. In you I take refuge. I entrust myself to your keeping, O God. This affirmation, in you I take refuge, is repeated 
many times throughout the Psalms. It's, it's one of the most kind of favorite metaphors the Psalm uses to help us. And the Hebrew word here translated refuge carries the idea or the image of trying to find a place to get out of bad weather or of a great storm rolling in. Or, or the image of seeking shelter when you feel threatened or when there is an enemy. And so this prayer that we're invited to pray, it affirms, I'm trusting my life to the care of God. I'm trusting my life to the care of God, especially in moments of uncertainty or threatening situations. And in this way, Psalm 16, as, as one author writes, it's, it offers us, it offers us a vocabulary of trust. Think about that for a moment. When, we're, when God gives us this, it's, it's not that we always have to find words ourselves to express ourselves to God. Of course, we can say whatever to God, but God actually gives us language, gives us words to help us express a desire for God's care. Given to us, here is a gift like these steps or handholds I mentioned that would give us a place to, to continue to walk in the incline of life. God gives us these words to help us speak to him, to entrust ourselves to God. Preserve me, O oh God, for in you I take refuge. I came across a, a quote recently that I thought would, was interesting and maybe helpful for us. It goes like this. Trust is, first of all, the relationship that determines all else about a person. Trust is, first of all, the relationship that determines all else about a person. The author is saying what or who we trust determines all else about us. Who sees you? Who do I open myself to? Who do I give myself to? Who do I listen to? Who or what do I trust? And we think about entrusting ourselves. Maybe some of us here in this moment feel the, the sharp pain of trust being broken, of feeling the pain of such relationships. Or maybe we can bring to mind even the joy of deep connection, of that, the deep sharing that's only possible with trust. Trust is, first of all, the relationship that determines all else about a person. And when the psalm says, you, Yahweh, you, Lord, are my Lord. This is a personal statement of trust. The acknowledgement is not just that there is a divine being, but it's more that the refuge is the Lord, the, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Lord, I am entrusting myself to you. You are my God. I'm, I'm binding myself to you. And David is confident, and he invites us to join him. He's confident that the Lord is worthy of such trust. It's in this way that this opening affirmation 
in you I take refuge. It, it is a way to enact, to, to put into action the first commandment from the Ten Commandments. You know, after rescuing Israel out of Egypt, God through Moses speaks the Ten Commandments to his people and, the, and the, they open by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. O oh God, in you I take refuge. This is language to help us apply and put into practice this foundational or first commandment. And this vocabulary of trust leads to a natural conclusion. I have no good apart from you. Maybe we can think of what James writes in the New Testament, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. That God is the giver of all good gifts. And a significant aspect of this goodness are the people who gather together through God. Who share in this trust and affirmation of faith. And David points to that. The saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Maybe you can relate to this, this joy of connecting to others, especially through faith of speaking of the joy that comes forth when one chooses what is good, when a person or a family or a community trusts God and lives not for itself, but seeks to reflect the goodness and the generosity of its God. And we see the opposite, though, that happens in the next verse that trust impacts whether it brings joy and beauty or it brings sorrow. The next verse tells us the sorrow of those who run after another God shall multiply. That seeking refuge elsewhere, putting your trust elsewhere, brings sorrow. It brings sorrow individually and sorrow to all those connected to that person. We can think of probably many things. A boss's greed, a coworker's selfishness, the disregard or distraction of a, of a parent, a spouse's unfaithfulness. Returning to the Ten Commandments, we can hear God's direction, do not steal, do not take life, do not commit adultery, do not lie. These are expressions of chasing after other gods and bringing sorrow, of grasping, of trusting something outside of God that ultimately is unworthy of such trust. So as we seek to make this prayer of trust our own, the, the first affirmation of faith is that in you I take refuge. But the second one I want us to see comes shortly afterwards, and it's David saying, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. The second affirmation, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. 
this language comes from the Old Testament book of Joshua when the people of God were going into the land of promise and being told that they would receive a portion, they would receive a cup, that they would receive their daily provision and daily life, that they would receive uh, a heritage or an inheritance, that the resources of their life and for their family. And, and this, this language ultimately points to a question that we can all relate to. Of what do I seek? What cup do I want to drink? What will satisfy me? And David's affirming and inviting us to join. The Lord is my chosen portion. The Lord is my cup. What do I seek? It's not simply food or better and better food. It's not simply a, a larger and larger portion of wealth or resources. What I seek, what I choose in my very being is the Lord himself. This is what I was made for. In such an affirmation, it helps us, it reminds us, but it allows us to say, as we're trying to, to make our way, that the circumstances of my life will come and go, will rise and fall. But what I desire, what I want to hold on to is the Lord himself. It allows us to remember and to say that humans, even the, the best of us, will fail and fall. And the goods of this life will fade and give way. But the Lord and his attention will continue. In the Gospel of John, in the sixth chapter, we read about Jesus, that his ministry was gaining momentum and that there were a number of people who were following him. But then a moment comes when a number of followers decide, Jesus, you are saying some hard and strange things. <laughs> Jesus, you're saying some things that are difficult. And John writes in the gospel that many of those who were following Jesus turned back and no longer walked with him, no longer wanted to be associated with him. And in that moment, I'm surely that Jesus felt sorrow, but he turns to the 12 apostles and asks them, do you want to go away from me as well? What do they say? Peter, speaking on behalf of the group, says words that echo what David prays right here. Jesus, where else shall we go? To whom shall we go? Who else has words of real and lasting life? You are our chosen portion and cup. Many of us here know times of difficulty, of betrayal or being forgotten, struggling to continue up that hill that I referenced in the beginning. And I want us to remember and it's to see that it is hopeful and meaningful to be able to affirm, to have these words to say and order our hearts again 
The Lord is my chosen portion. Lord, you are what life is about. You are my hope and security. Or maybe we know pain and disappointment. Maybe we know pain and disappointment and disagreement even among other Christians. It's been a difficult season, right? And it can be confusing and hurtful. And in such pain and in such times, it's helpful to remember that the Lord Jesus, you are my portion. Where else shall I go? I have no good apart from you and in your loving kindness, you have made known to me the path of life. This prayer of trust is offered to us, and there's these two affirmations of faiths that we are invited to grab hold of, this language that's given to us that we can speak ourselves to God to help order our hearts and remind us of who God is. In you I take refuge, you are my portion. And I want to close our time by looking at this closing promise that is offered to us. I shall not be shaken. David writes, I shall not be shaken in the present and in the future. I will not be shaken. Why? Because the Lord will not forget his people. David writes, God will not abandon me. God will not abandon me in the present, in all my days, and even in my death. This promise that closes the language of the psalm, this of not being shaken and not being abandoned, is rooted in God, not in our ability to hold on or do what is right or step with all the strength that we have, but it's because we're united to God. And if I am in God's shelter... Nothing can change that. If God is for me, then who can be against me? And the first ever Christian sermon, the first ever Christian sermon, Psalm 16, was quoted. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost to explain what was happening and to give the first sermon, he quotes from our passage. He quotes, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced and my flesh dwelled in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. And he reminded all the people there that David, who wrote this psalm, was dead. And his grave was still there, his body still in the grave. Yet this psalm was pointing to one who was to come. Seeing ahead, David spoke of the resurrection, that there was one to come who would not be abandoned in the grave, nor his body decay. We know the good news that Jesus was put to death by human hands and by the powers of his day. But God raised him to life, loosening the pains of death because it was not possible for them to hold him. You see, the voice speaking most deeply in this psalm 
is the voice of Christ. It's not just that David invites us to join and pray with him, but this is Christ himself inviting us as well. I shall not be shaken. Lord, you will not abandon me even in the grave. And through Christ, through faith in Christ, entrusting ourselves to him, we too can speak these words with hope. When we grab hold of this handrail or step on this step, when we pray this psalm, when we affirm the Lord is our refuge, affirm that the Lord is our portion, when we identify ourselves with the promise of the risen Christ, we can pray with hope that the one who was risen will raise us as well. And we can have confidence that nothing in all of life nor death can separate us from the love of God in Christ. This is the hope that this psalm points us to, giving us a vocabulary of trust to direct our whole being, our whole selves, to the one worthy of such trust. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are and your goodness to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would meet us wherever we are this day and speak words of hope to us. That you would remind us and turn our hearts that we may bring our trust to you. Helper of the helpless, bind up our hearts, lift us up, that we might find joy and beauty in you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you please stand with us and we'll sing together.
Almighty God, your faithfulness to us knows no boundaries. Grant us eyes to see your patience and your love for us as we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. Uh, as we gather before the Lord's table, we, we take a moment to remind ourselves of how this is a gift to us. In our passage, we you know, heard the language of the Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. And in this table, we see that the Lord is the one who offers us food and drink that will satisfy prophet Isaiah wonders and asks, why do we chase after food or why do we spend our money on drink that will not satisfy? And we are invited to the table that God sets for his people. It will satisfy us because it is the body of our Savior Christ and his blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, restores us to life, and adopts us into the family of God that we have a seat in God's table, secure now and forever because it's rooted in God's actions for us. This is the good news. If you are a follower of Christ and know of your need, then come and eat and drink of this table. If you're not a follower of Christ, let this table be an invitation and a witness to think again about where your portion is and the invitation to come and to know God's grace in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this table, and we pray that you'd set it apart, this bread and cup, that your spirit would use it as we come in faith to minister to us and to care for us. Lord, meet us in our weariness and, and lift our heads. Meet us in our hunger and, and satisfy us. Meet us in our shame and grant us forgiveness and grace that gives us life. Lord, we pray that we would be a people who receive this good and that we would turn and share this good with our neighbors. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus broke the bread, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Those who are serving communion, I invite to come forward at this time. If you are receiving communion, you can come down the center aisle and receive the, the bread and cup and go back on the sides. If you're able to hold the elements, I ask that you would hold them until everyone's been served, that we can eat and drink as, as one family. If you're not participating in communion today, I still invite you to come forward. You can just put your arm across your chest, and Pastor Brian or I can offer a blessing for you here at the front. Let us now come and receive these good gifts from our God.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to this table of grace, let us stand that we can sing and pray and confess as God's people. Teach us to know the surpassing love of Jesus Christ, our Lord, sharing in his suffering and rejoicing in the power of the resurrection pressing on toward the goal to which you have called us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. confess our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> We're going to continue worshiping through a time of uh, giving our gifts to God. So I'll go ahead and invite the, the greeters uh, forward to pass the offering plates. You'll see a, a note in your order uh, that you can uh, give uh, through uh, the offering plates, or there's also other ways through uh, text or through the church website to give as well. Uh, we're very appreciative of these gifts and thankful for God's generosity to us that we can respond with generosity as we seek uh, to follow him. Also just want to take a moment, uh, if you are visiting, or so glad that you're here today, thanks for joining us. And uh, if you uh, would like to leave your information or if you'd like to receive the, the church's weekly email, for example, uh, on the back table, uh, there is a Connect card that you can fill out or you can use um, in the back of your order. There's a QR code, code that you can you know, take a picture of and it'll take you to the card online. So I invite you to fill it out. Um, but uh, thanks for joining us today. And also after the service, we have time of coffee and bagels. And I can see through the doors that they're setting it up outside with uh, optimism that the rain is, is holding off. So hopefully you can stay after and uh, enjoy some time together and uh, enjoy some coffee and a bagel. And um, yeah, it'd be great to spend time with each other. Uh, one other final kind of reminder, uh, in the beginning of the service, um, Monica and Adonijah mentioned some mission opportunities. In particular, I just want to remind you of what Monica mentioned about a way to, to welcome asylum seekers that are coming here to Chicago through our partner, World Relief. There's a flyer that was in your order of worship. If you have questions about that, please talk to me or Monica, or you can drop things off at the church office um, before noon on Wednesday. 
and uh, leave it you know, with someone there or on the patio by the patio door if no one's there at that time. Thank you for continuing worshiping. Let's, let's now stand and respond by singing the doxology together. Receive now God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forever. Amen. May go in peace.